It's like the old envelope system your grandparents might have had. They got paid a paycheck and they took their cash and they put some in the rent envelope, some in the food envelope, some in the utilities envelope, some in the clothes envelope. And when the money ran out, they stopped spending. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Before we get into today's show, a big thank you to our sponsor, Send Gym. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Gym. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendgym.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendgym.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Now today, I'm so excited because we have an amazing guest on. His name is Rocky Lavani. Now Rocky is a chief profitability advisor for business owners like yourself. He teaches you how you can get paid and make sure you're making a profit. And profit's a priority. He's a certified profit first professional who implements Mike Michalowicz's, which if you guys know me, I'm a big fan of him, Mike Michalowicz's profit first system. Welcome to the show, Rocky. Thank you so much for having me here, Scott. Excited to chat with you today. Rocky and I uh, kind of reached out to one another through a program online, and uh, I found out he's a profit first individual. And I like, oh, we have to have him on here because it's such an amazing system that I think a lot of landscapers don't really know about. And after kind of listening and hearing about you, you've kind of done this your whole life. You mind sharing a little bit of background of, on how you've kind of got started and, and a little history of yourself? Sure. So I'm an immigrant to the United States. My parents came here when I was very young. And when they immigrated, you know, the world was vastly different back then. So they weren't allowed to take money out of the country, really, when they came from India. So we essentially started on the wrong side of the tracks, not living in some very nice places. But what I noticed is they would get together with their friends who had also immigrated around the same time. And Over time, they kind of moved up the economic ladder and you would see everybody kind of making changes. And I think within 10, 15 years, it was a dramatic difference of where we started to where we ended up. And a big part of what happened is, is when they would get together, they would talk about life and they would talk about money and they would talk about how they were doing things in this new country. And so as a kid, I got to hear all of those conversations around money and how people were doing things, and they were pretty open. I never realized until much later in life that most people don't talk about money. It's a taboo subject. And it's funny because I have a Bachelor of Science in Economics. I have an MBA. And while they teach you some stuff, what they didn't teach you was how to build wealth, nor do they really teach you personal finance and all of these things. And so... It was just kind of eye-opening to see that. Now, as a kid, I was very entrepreneurial. I was the kid who would go buy something for a buck and sell it to my friends for two. (laughs) I was always, always trying to figure out a way to make another buck or work or or do all of that. And I just had this goal from a very young age, I want to be a millionaire. So I was the weird kid who would listen to financial shows on the radio 
We had limited access back then, right? You got 1 a.m. radio station or 2 a.m. radio stations in New York. And I would read the money magazines and I would read the Wall Street Journal. And when I got out of college, I just set up an automated savings plan. So as soon as I would get paid, money would start to flow into a variety of different places. And it was just designed for long-term savings. Because if you want to get to a million bucks, you, you know, you got to actually put that money aside and then make it work for you. And I didn't realize until much, much later how important that first step was. Because by automating it, I never thought about it. It just happened. And every year I would increase it. And so over time, it just did its thing and it built wealth. And it, that's very similar to the way Profit First works. And that's one of the reasons I joined with Mike. I looked at a bunch of different systems, thought about creating my own, but I realized I didn't want to create something. I didn't want to write books. I didn't want to go do all this stuff. <laughs> I just wanted to help clients build wealth, you know? And I'm like, we should be able to do that so much easier and people struggle with it. So Mike and I, we're, we're on the same wavelength as far as it comes to how to do this. And so I partnered with Profit First. Now we help business owners to do this and implement. And it works like a champ, just like my system worked for building wealth as well. No, I love that. And I, I think you're absolutely right. Most people in the United States, maybe I can't speak for other countries, but we don't talk about money. And it's like you said, it, it is taboo. And I think a lot of people, you know, when somebody asks somebody else, you know, How, how's business going? Oh, it's great. It may not be doing great. Or you may think you're bringing money in, but you're not putting anything in your, the bank, you know, to take home for yourself. And it's not to the point where the person's going bankrupt or having to close down their business till they wanted to start talking about it. So you mind starting off for those that are not familiar with Mike Michalowicz and Profit First, talk a little bit about the Profit First system. I know you talked about, you know, how it's similar to yours, but more specifically on the Profit First system. Sure. So let's talk about, I don't know how much people know, Mike is a serial entrepreneur and he actually owned a forensic accounting firm. They were the ones who investigated Enron and yes, they were guilty. <laughs> he <laughs> sold that business in another business and he walked away with a seven-figure payday. Hey, life is perfect. I'm a smart entrepreneur. The reality is he was a lucky entrepreneur. And literally within the next two years, he blew all that money to the point that they were coming for the keys to the house and the keys to the car. So he had a major reset. And during that reset period, he started to think, what did I do wrong and how do we fix this problem? Because he looked around and most entrepreneurs struggle with their finances. And one of his aha moments was we have the wrong equation. So we are told that sales minus expenses equals profit, which means profit is a leftover. It's an afterthought. Mike said, no, we're here to be profitable. Let's make it, you know, part of the basic way we do things. So he did sales minus profit equals expenses, which it's a timeless principle, right? Pay yourself first, which is what I was doing. I was paying myself first and setting aside money. So that little shift really changes the way you look at things. And when you take the profit off the top, you're guaranteed that it's there. So it works automatically. So that's the basic premise of profit first. Profit first is not an accounting system. It's a cash flow management system that's designed to work the way entrepreneurs work. We take your behaviors and we leverage them to make them work to your advantage. This is huge because it kind of changes your whole mindset. Everybody kind of thinks, oh, I'll worry about paying myself later. I know, I know we see it a lot in the landscapers is 
they're usually the, the owners are the last ones to take a paycheck. And I, I understand you want to take care of your team, but you have to take care of yourself and your family too, to be able to move forward and grow your business. One other thing I kind of want to talk about too is Parkinson's law. You mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. So Parkinson's law basically says a business will use up all the resources that are provided. So you'll use up all the time and money that you are given every week. And when you understand that, and then you understand the power of constraint, you realize that if I can leverage this to my benefit, I can really make some dramatic improvements. So for example, if you're going to do a landscaping project, right? Someone's going to redo their whole landscaping. It's a large, big project. What are the two questions you always ask? What's your budget and what's your time frame? Whatever the budget and time frame are, that's what they're going to end up being, right? If the project's $100,000 in three months, it's $100,000 in three months. If the project is $5,000 in one week, you figure out how to do it for $5,000 in one week. Your business has the same thing, right? If you look at your time and you say, I've only got, you know, five days to get this done, you start to be more resourceful. Now, people go, well, wait a minute. How does this really work? The underlying principle is the 80-20 rule. So if you've heard of the 80-20 rule, 20% of what you do provides 80% of the results. The other 80% only provides 20% of the effort, which if you take it a step further, 40% of what you do provides 96% of the results. So if you can eliminate the 60% that brings little to no value, then that's how you use the advantage of Parkinson's law. So we think about being more resourceful. So like I know, I talk to my landscapers throughout our community and stuff, and they are always looking for how do I mow the lawns faster? They'll come through and they'll cut down branches on trees themselves. They don't even charge us because they know they can get through the landscaping faster. They'll figure out how to flatten out areas so the mowers can move faster. I've got one guy who... He looks at a situation that takes a lot of time, and then he custom designs a tool to handle that situation so that they can do it in five minutes instead of 30 minutes. You're not getting off your mower. You're not doing those types of things. So it's being more resourceful and thinking through your problems instead of just doing it the way everybody else does it. And the Parkinson's law can also be applied to your business too, right? With what's left over to pay your bills too, correct? Correct. If you constrain yourself, and that's the entire way, and we'll go into how the profit first system works, but what it does is it constrains you and then it shows you your results up front. So if you think about it, you know, a, a lot of, I always use the analysis of getting a bag of chips. You know, if you sit down in front of a TV with a bag of chips before you know it, it's gone. <laughs> right. Yep. But if you have a smaller bag of chips, you don't feel any less you just figure out, okay, that's what it was, and now I stop. So there's a constraint there. You have to do the same thing with your money. You've got to put constraints on it so that you understand what's going on. And that's truly what Profit First does. So is implementing the Profit First into your business, is this something very difficult? Is it hard to do? And, and can business owners do this fairly easy? It's extremely easy to implement. And we're going to teach you right now how to do it. And you can go do this yourself. You may not understand everything that we're talking about because we're, we're giving you a short synopsis, but you can read the book and you can do this yourself. There's absolutely no reason why you can't. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to set up multiple bank accounts. 
And if you think about this, I know it gets a little scary. It's like the old envelope system your grandparents might have had. They got paid a paycheck and they took their cash and they put some in the rent envelope, some in the food envelope, some in the utilities envelope, some in the clothes envelope. And when the money ran out, they stopped spending, right? A constraint. And so that's essentially what we do for your business. When money comes in, we put all the money into one account, which is called your revenue account. So most business owners, the way they manage, they don't look at their QuickBooks or their accounting software. They look at their bank balance, right? So we're going to leverage this habit of yours. Your income account, your revenue account is going to show you how much revenue you collected since the last time you did an allocation. So you can look at it, go, oh, I've got $10,000. Over time, when you start looking at this account, you'll have a pretty good idea. Hey, is revenue coming in where I expected? Is revenue above or is it below? It gives you that visceral gut feeling. And then on a regular basis, and so by regular, it's not daily, right? Mm -hmm. It's either once a month, twice a month, or once a week, you're going to take that money and you're going to allocate it. So we're going to set up four more bank accounts. One of those bank accounts is going to be called profit, right? And we're going to allocate money into the profit account. So now we're paying profit up front. It's truly there. It's not a number on a sheet somewhere that your accountant tells you. It's cash in your bank. The next thing we're going to do is allocate to your pay. Because as we said, you deserve to get paid. Right. And by allocating for your pay, it really takes a lot of the emotions out of it. The business owner goes, hey, that's my money for my pay. And I know that I can take it out of the business because it's been earmarked and designed for that. And as your business grows, so does your pay. So that's always nice. You get more rewards. The next thing we put is a tax account. And the tax account is for your taxes for your business. And so we set money aside for taxes. This is one of the biggest things that business owners tell me. They go, when tax time comes, while we all hate paying taxes, they're no longer afraid of the conversation with their accountant. They're like, okay, I have a large tax bill or quarterly tax bills are due. They have the money set aside to pay that. They're not freaking out. They're not worried. They're not, you know, how am I going to come up with this money? And they're not getting in debt to the IRS, which you never want to do. And so the money is set aside for taxes and you're ready to handle those tax payments. And then the last bucket is your operating expenses. And so whatever is left goes to operating expenses. And what we've done is we've constrained your spending. And now when you look at your operating expense account, you know how much you truly have to spend because everything else has been covered. Whereas if you look at a big pile of money just sitting there with all those other things, you tend to spend your profit, you tend to spend your salary, and you tend to spend your tax money. By separating this all, you don't spend what you shouldn't be spending. Now, some business owners will go a step further. Being in the landscaping business, you may be capital intensive. And if you're capital intensive, some people will set up another account just to pay for those large capital purchases. So if you need to buy new mowers or a new backhoe or something, by putting aside a little bit of money every month, over time you will build up because it might take two or three years before you buy a new piece of equipment. Three years later, when it's time to buy something, you're like, well, can I afford this? And you go look at your capital account and you go, yeah, I can pay cash for that. Isn't that cool? 
And then you go make your investment into your business. And so, again, it's constraining you and it's also allocating money towards those larger, bigger purchases for you. So that's it. That's all you have to do is create the accounts, set up your rhythm and just move the money on a systematic basis and do not steal from your profit tax and your pay. I love this system because it's very simple to use because most landscapers, they're not accountants, they're not bookkeepers, you know, they're really great at their craft. They know how to do the landscaping, hardscaping, all that stuff. But when it comes to the money end of things, a lot of times they're lacking in that. And having a system like this, they can just basically go to their bank account and look, oh, I have money for equipment or I have, you know, I can take a paycheck because I have money in the account for that. That makes a world of difference. And the whole premise behind the profits first is, is you don't have to be a bookkeeper. You don't have to be the, you know, the CPA. It's a very simple system for anybody to use. That's what I love about it. You know what? Your business is seasonal, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. All right. So when we deal with seasonal businesses, we set up another account and what we call it is a drip account. And what we do is, so you look at your, you've got your total revenue for the year, right? So let's say your total revenue for the year is $480,000. That means that every month you need $40,000 to cover your expenses. Let's say you're, you're in summer and summer's your busy season and now you have 80 and 90,000 or $100,000 months. What we do in a $100,000 month is everything over the 40,000 we put in the drip account. So that when November comes along and we've got a $10,000 month, I go to my drip account and I pull $30,000 out to pay my bills for this month. So it pays my profit for the month. It pays my salary for the month. It covers my overhead for the month. And by doing this, it smooths out your cash flow because when we have big months, the pile of money is big and we start, oh, I got money. I'm going to spend. You forget <laughs> January is very mighty slim. And if you haven't planned for January, you're going to struggle. So this really helps you to even things out throughout the year. This is, could be a game changer for many landscapers because a lot of landscapers, including myself, you know, we get drawn to those big equipment, the big toys that we call them. And, you know, oh, I have money in my bank, but if it's not divided up and you can't see, oh, I need this for this account or I need this to pay these bills. You see that big lump sum and you're like, oh, I can afford that. <laughs> so like you said, November comes around and you're like, oh, no. And you have to figure out the percentages for where you are today and start with your percentages of today. And then every quarter, just make a small change, one or two or three percent into each of the accounts. This is not an overnight success story. Mike has targets in the book of where you should be, but you start with where you are today. And I tell people it's about a two and a half year process on average. So this is not overnight success, but every quarter you increase your pay a little, you increase your profit and you cut your operating expenses. And so you become a little bit more resourceful and figure it out. One thing too with the system, we see a lot of landscapers, I guess, step back here. A lot of landscapers are really underpricing their work. So when we start doing all this, dividing up all these accounts, all the money into the different accounts, and you see what's left over at the end to pay your bills and you start seeing there's not much there, you can easily kind of do some math and to figure out, I need to raise my prices to make sure I have the money to cover my overhead and all the, you know, the, the money that goes into running your business. There's two things that I want to talk about with regards to this. Number one, most landscapers don't appropriately take the time to figure out how much time and material goes into a job to figure out appropriate pricing. So they do undercharge. The other thing you have to realize is you have a certain nut every month, right? You've got a truck on the road. And once you hit your nut for the month, 
Everything above that tends to be profit. And so if you know what those numbers are, you might realize that working one extra hour a day on all your trucks might end up being dramatically different to the amount of money in your pocket at the end of the month. It's astronomical how those numbers shift once you know your base and you start to analyze your volume per piece of equipment or per crew or however you're looking at it. A little bit of extra goes straight to the bottom line and straight to your pocket. And I think that's why most people struggle is they're running too close. And if they can make a little bit of change, both on pricing and cutting costs, and there's a, there's a lot of ways to cut costs that are just due to inefficiencies. And if you can work on that, it's a dramatic shift in your business. Well, just kind of go back to our story in our business. We uh, had a consultant come in because we didn't have the profits in, in our accounts at all. And we found out we were paying out $159,000 just to our employees just for unproductive time. That's huge. Like, we weren't paying ourselves $150,000 a year. So it's a thing when you can start seeing those numbers and understanding where you're at, you can start looking down and, okay, I need to get on a cruise, train more, become more efficient and start adding systems and procedures into it. So just having these numbers laid out in a way like they talk in the profit first, it can dramatically help your business. It is. And I think people don't realize the value of time. So if you think about it, if you've got 50 jobs in a week, have you ever sat down and mapped out your 50 jobs so that you're not driving across town every day three times? <laughs> That's what happens, right? Your yep. workers don't care. Yep. They're like, yeah, downtime. I get to sit in the air conditioning. Yep. But if you say, hey, no, this is the order and they can get from house to house faster, mm -hmm. that is a dramatic shift. That's where the $159,000 comes in, right? And that right. goes straight to your bottom line. Thinking through your business and thinking through the time and resources is just so, so important. Do you have any examples of uh, some people that have implemented the Profit First system and how it's actually helped their lives and changed them? Yeah. So I've worked with a lot of business owners and usually when they come to me, they're struggling. So they've got great revenue, right? They're generating the revenue, but for some reason, they're not able to keep it. And so we just do small little things, and this is not overnight success, but over six to nine to 12 months, it is not unusual for them to have a conversation with me and go, I've never had so much cash in the bank. That is literally what happens. Or they're like, it's tax time. And for the first time, I'm not freaking out and nervous. I can pay the tax bill. That's kind of it. it. For the, the businesses that are seasonal, it really smooths out cash flow. And so when they go into the slow times, they're no longer struggling because you know how it is when it's winter time and you're in a seasonal business, it's a struggle. So having that all worked out, a lot of this is just removing anxiety and fear and frustration. And if you are in a better place, your business is going to be in a better place. We're also talking at one point about compounding in all areas. Do you mind explaining that a little bit? You know what? Let me bring up the numbers because I don't have them. But most people have heard of the, the penny compounding story, right? And I think that there's a couple lessons there that I want to go through and talk about. So let's just start with the first thing. If I had a penny and every day it doubled, okay? My question to you is on day 32, how much money would I have? It's one penny, which turns into two pennies, which turns into four pennies, into eight pennies. And we do that on the 32nd day. How much money do I have? I've heard this before and I don't remember exactly, but it's like in the millions, if I'm correct. 
It is. On day 32, you're at $21,474,836.47, right? So $21.5 million. But here's where I want you to really understand some things. Do you know where you are on day 31? Half of that, 10.7 million. On day 30, where are you at? 5.4 million. Day 29, you're at 2.6 million. (laughs) <laughs> which what people don't realize is if you give up those first five days, the one cent, the f- two cents, the four cents, the eight cents, the 16 cents, you're like, this is just chump change. Why am I worrying about this? What you're giving up is those last days of doubling. And you end up, you go from 21 million to like maybe 1.3 million. That is the power of compounding. But compounding doesn't work until you start doing something. So if you look at your weight, right, your weight compounds over time and you don't notice it at first. You gain a pound this year, two pounds next year, four pounds the next year. Pretty soon you're 50 pounds overweight, right? Mm -hmm. You go into debt. Oh, it's just a little bit of debt. It's only $100 a month. And then next year it's 200. The next year it's 400. And you're like, how did I get into all of this debt? It sneaks up on you. You can use compounding to your advantage or you can use it to your detriment. Money compounds positively and negatively. All of those things, though, started with what? A single penny, a single pound, a single little thing. When you start looking at all of these things and you actually start multiplying it out, like when I do a five-year business plan with business owners and I show them how just a couple percentage points each year, they're shocked at where they are five years out. They're like, oh my God, I didn't think that was even possible to obtain. And so the thing you have to do is make little changes in your life. I'm not asking, you know, everyone wants to make these big radical changes. Mm -hmm. No, little changes constantly made over time will continue to compound. You will end up with the big results. But if you don't do it and you say, ah, wait till next week, you're giving up the end game. And Mm -hmm. that's what I think people don't realize is not doing it today makes a dramatic difference at the end of the game. And so you really have to make those little changes. And in the beginning, when you do it, it's like, oh, I'm working so hard, I don't see any change, right? Because if you look at those first couple doubles, you know, even at day 10 with the pennies, you're at $5.12. You're like, this is useless. Why are you making me do this? This is, you know, you're wasting my time. But over time, it really, really compounds. It's like starting a mower, right? You pull that flywheel, there's a lot of pressure against it. But once it starts rolling, it's just going on its own. And and that's what you have to do. You have to get that inertia to get things rolling in the right direction. And this could actually be applied to like numerous different things, not only money, like just adding like system procedures in your business or checklists. That's like, I always tell people, First thing we did was put a simple checklist, like a tool checklist, so the guys get out of the shop quicker. But you're thinking at first, ah, it's not going to help. But once you start seeing the crews are getting out faster, then your money starts increasing because you're more productive and the crews are actually out on the job faster. So it just multiplies. And the same thing here with money. It does. I I was told this years ago with money, you know, start investing as soon as you can. You know, once you get out of high school, start investing money. And this is why. (laughs) And it goes back to my story. If you want to know how I became wealthy, it's because at 21 years old, I started investing money Mm -hmm. and I just let it run. And every year you just tweak it up a little bit. 
And I, I don't think people think about savings rates, but you know, if you listen to the popular media, they're like, oh, a 10% savings rate. You save 10%, it's going to take you 40 years to have enough money. I'm talking like 20, 30, 40% savings rates. You really have to create that gap and constrain yourself. And most people waste all their money. They waste it personally. They waste it in business. Yeah. Just because it's there, they feel like they have to spend it. And that is not at all true. And little changes over time end up to millions of dollars as we see. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to implement that and do that and take those little baby steps. And, and you're right. It's every part of your business, the checklist through, you know, how you're loading your trucks, making sure that they have all the things they need to maintenance. Like you skimp on maintenance, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of trouble later on. Yep. You know, I, I think the biggest thing also is realizing how much something costs you. A lot of the guys in landscaping, they all want to go buy the F-350 truck, you know, and put $100,000 out there. What they don't realize is in order to pay for that $100,000 truck, you might need six or $700,000 in additional business. And when you start to realize, hey, wait a minute, this truck, I got to go out and do six hundred grand in business, that's a lot of work. It's not worth the effort. And too often in the landscaping business, that is what they do. You don't need beater trucks, but be reasonable on what you do. Especially with the truck prices nowadays, it's just crazy. So if you can put off purchasing something right now, wait a little bit, <laughs> I would recommend doing that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, again, being more resourceful. Maybe you lease it. Maybe you do this. I, I've heard of some great programs out there on leasing trucks just because of the way the finances work on the other side. And so right now, it may be a good option if you have to buy a truck. But again, maintaining your costs is so important. And it's what we don't talk about being, you don't want to be cheap, but you want to be frugal, meaning you're making wise financial decisions. Absolutely. And this goes to even hiring people because we see, you know, one of the big questions we see in our Facebook group is, you know, I, I want to hire an office manager. I want to hire an assistant. Well, if you know what money you have allocated to doing that, you can see if you can afford it or not, or you have to increase your revenue to be able to do that. So just having these different funds like that is, is huge. Right. So if, if you are hiring an office assistant, right, they're really not going to increase revenue. So now you have to ask yourself, how am I going to increase revenue to be able to pay for the office assistant? And maybe that's because you're on the phone all the time doing routine tasks. And then you ask yourself, what's the best way to do this and how can I do it for less? Right now, the big thing that everyone's doing is virtual assistants. We're much more going to a virtual world. And you'd be shocked at how much virtual assistants cost in other countries. You can hire people for less than minimum wage here. And you're not taking advantage of people in those home countries. What you're paying them is better than they can make anywhere else. And so learning how to implement that and do that and figure it out, there are ways to do things without spending as much as you think you need to. We do this in our just our Million Dollar Academy portion. We, we hire out to other countries to do some simple basic things like editing and stuff like that and putting together documents and stuff just to free my time so I can go do things that I need to do to sell more or do whatever I need to do in my business. So it, it, it's like you said, it's possible. Just got just to gotta look for it. All right, Rocky. Well, I appreciate you hopping in here today. If somebody wants to learn more about Profit First and, and reach out to you, how do they go about doing that? Hey, before they reach out to me, can you all do me a favor? If you like Scott and the information he delivers, you like this podcast, 
Would you be so kind as to thank him by leaving a rating and a review? It means a lot to us podcasters, and it also allows this to get out to more landscapers so that they can make changes in their life. So just do that little thing. He would really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> you are welcome. If you would like to find me, uh, everything is found at ProfitComesFirst.com. And if you go there, you can find my podcast, which is Profit Answer Man. And what I do is I go into much more depth about what we talked about today. And I teach you how to implement Profit First, all of the struggles. And then we have a lot of success stories on there. And we have other people come on and teach you how to be more profitable in your business. And if you want to check out Mike's book, there's a link on the website that's there. I also have a course that teaches you how to do all of this if you're interested, but just go check out the website, check out the podcast. And if you've got a question, reach out and connect. No, absolutely. Definitely check out the podcast because like he said, he, he gives away so much great information in there. Like if you need, you're struggling right now and you can't afford to go buy his course or work with him, just listen to his podcast and just start implementing those little things like we talked about. And it's going to make that compound effect. All right, Rocky. Well, thank you for being on today. It was great having you here. Uh, any last thoughts? Just start. Like literally, this comes back to compounding. I tell people, if all of this seems overwhelming to you, I just want you to do one thing. Go open one bank account and put 1% of your revenue in it. That's it. If nothing else, just get in the habit of doing a little bit of money set aside. And as you start to see how that grows, it will give you kind of that impetuous to go do a little bit more. And maybe after a couple months, you make the 1%, 2%. And you'd be shocked that those little changes make life so much easier. Great advice. All right, Rocky, I have a couple of fun questions. You up for that? Sure, let's do it. All right, let's see. What's the funniest place you've ever fallen asleep? The funniest place? You know, I'm an old guy now. <laughs> I, I, I got to think back to college or something. I don't even, it would probably have to be sometime in college, just falling asleep outside somewhere back in the day. I'm pretty boring with that, but I am the kind of guy, like as soon as my head hits the pillow, I'm out. Like there's no worrying about the day. I'm jealous of that. I wish I could do that. It takes me like an hour to fall asleep. <laughs> oh, literally? Within five minutes, I'm out cold and I don't wake up. I, I've gotten better as I, once I had kids, but like I would just sleep through everything. Nice, nice. <laughs> All right. What is your most unusual talent? Unusual talent? Huh. Unusual. You know, it's funny because I just assumed everyone was good with money. And to me, <laughs> I, I think I found that being good with money is actually an unusual talent. But I'm also good. I like I love playing with tools and building stuff, but that's not unusual, right? To your guys, they're they're yeah. all playing yeah. with tools. I guess maybe for other people, it's unusual that a financial guy can yeah. play with tools and rotate tires and change the oil <laughs> and do both ends of that, right? Cerebral yeah. and uh, physical. And I kind of, after talking to you here today, I, I'm kind of curious now because of where you're from and how you openly talked about money is that has something to do with you know just the differences in culture and everything and it is a massive difference in yeah. culture there's two things that are different number one in our culture everyone talked about money like to the point of if you bought a car the first question people ask you is how much did you pay that's just what they do it and here you wouldn't do that yeah. so it's natural i think to talk about money 
The other thing that we were taught, which you don't see so much in the United States, is we were taught to negotiate. Everything's negotiable. And it's a natural talent. If you think I'm kidding, look at your kids. They negotiate everything with you, <laughs> right? It's a constant battle. <laughs> Why aren't we out negotiating? So I will tell you this. You can negotiate with Home Depot. You can negotiate with Lowe's, right? You can say, hey, I'm, I'm doing a $2,500 purchase. Now they formalized it. It goes to the bid room and you get a deal. But you can walk into the tractor supply store, you know, and it's September, October. Hey, you want to put that mower in storage? You want to sell it today? I got cash. What kind of deal can you give me? And I've done that in the past. I've, you know, you'd be shocked just simply asking nicely. You'd be shocked at what kind of discounts you can get. Absolutely. Well, it also works on our end too, because I've, I've been out to uh, visit people's property and given them an estimate. And they're like always trying to negotiate. You don't have to on, on our end, but don't get upset when people ask. It's part of business. You know what? Automatically put your price higher so that you have the room to negotiate. Yeah. Right. If this is what's normally happening, but also ask for a give back. So let's just say we're going to bid a job. Well, it's a thousand dollars a month. Well, can you do a better price? Yes, I can do $900 a month if you pay up front. Oh, that's a nice thing, right? Cash up front, right? So you're, you're actually now, you're getting cash up front, or maybe you figure out something else that you can negotiate into the deal that allows you to do that. But be creative, right? Don't give up without asking for something in return. There's nothing like getting cash up front. I've actually read a story a long time ago where a, uh, I think it was a tree company. One of the things was when they give a price, that customer had to give a review or a testimonial, you know, about the business as long as everything was, you know, good and everything mm -hmm. was happy. But that was part of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's smart. All right. Last question. What's your worst roommate or house guest story? Worst roommate. So I haven't had a roommate since college, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest problem with roommates back in college were just not cleaning up after themselves. That was always the biggest thing. Like, dude, we're, there's a whole bunch of us living in this apartment. We agreed to do X, Y, Z. Just clean up. Like, do your <laughs> part. And some people are just so lazy with that. And especially yeah. guys, right? They just oh. aren't taught to do that. So I think that was my biggest problem, just dealing with roommates who wouldn't clean up after themselves and you don't want to do it. And then you start fighting over it. And nowadays kids have maids, I think, at college. I don't know. <laughs> they don't, you know, the college does everything for them. It's not like the old days where you had to uh, do it all yourself. <laughs> yeah, I had the same issue. I had a roommate that had a, a dog and the dog would make a mess every so often and, and it just became a, a aspect of fighting over because I didn't want to clean up the dog's mess or no <laughs> sink full of dishes and you yeah. want to cook something and you can't use the pot. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that's annoying. That's probably yeah. why I've never had roommates in college. <laughs> probably smart. <laughs> All right, Rocky. Well, I appreciate you being on here today. Thank you very much. And uh, you guys definitely check out his podcast, go check out his program. Profit first is, is can be a game changer for your business. So definitely reach out to him and find out more. Thanks, Rocky. Thanks for having me, Scott. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 